welcome back to the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again to the Elemental Evan Show on this beautiful Wellness Wednesday. Today I have a very, very special episode for all of you because I have an amazing guest with me here today. Uh, today I'm going to be introducing you all to Kristen Marie Flores. She is the founder of Muse Apothecary as well as a flower essence therapist and just an all-around amazing human being, even in the short time that I've had to speak with her prior to this episode. Um, and so, yeah, allow me to introduce Kristen. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Evan. So excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm so happy to have you on here. I'm so happy to have been connected in just kind of the mysterious ways that the universe works, but uh, nonetheless, super beautiful. I'm happy to have you here. And so to kind of give our listeners like a better idea of who you are let's just kind of do a little like like rapid fire questions uh so let's start off with uh where were you born or like where are you from i'm actually born and raised long beach california love it represent the lbc lbc all the way that's so awesome <laughs> great city love it here um okay and then uh what is your favorite book my favorite book is 100 years of solitude Ooh. by gabriel garcia marquez yeah it's just a staple for me. <laughs> yeah, my fiance would love you for that choice because she's Colombian. She's part Colombian. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So okay, that's a really good book. I haven't read it. I heard it's really um, almost like confusing to follow because there's so many different like parts to the story, but a really good book. Yeah. It has uh, magical realism, yeah. you know, and so it's so beautiful to be able to witness a hundred years of a family lineage within the lens of and magical realism told in that way. Right. Um, which I think is special. So. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Okay. Um, what's a, well, what's your favorite quote? Ooh, quote. Okay. Favorite quote as of late. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. Um, quiet the mind, open your heart. Absolutely. That is beautiful. Ram Das. <laughs> yeah. That's a real one right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a beautiful quote. Um, and rings so true just in everything we do. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then being that uh, we're going to be talking a lot about plants, what is your favorite plant? Or maybe what is even your favorite scent? I love that. So hard to choose because mm -hmm. I feel the plant world is like a uh, like a buffet of smells and, <laughs> yeah. and um, benefits. So uh, I will say that what my favorite flower is a Hawaiian flower called the tuberose. Mm -hmm. And I just love, I use um, that scent in my botanical perfumery at Muse, but also just in my own beauty rituals and day to day, it reminds me of this, you know, divine beauty and essence that just takes me back to the islands or takes me back to nature. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah for, uh, for all of you who are listening, um, she sprayed what well, is manifest, right? Manifest mist. Yes. <laughs> so good. And it has that flower in there and it immediately transported me back to Hawaii to like when I was a kid, uh, super beautiful flower. So yeah, I really enjoyed smelling that. I would say that's probably my favorite scent right now as well. So. Oh, I cool. love that. Yeah. That okay, was really good. good. <laughs> um, and that's going to do it for our rapid fire questions, I would say, but now I want to dig into kind of like what led you or okay have you always had kind of an interest in kind of like botany and flower essence and all these different things or was it something that you kind of just stumbled upon or how, how did you make your way to where you're at basically now yeah i would it was definitely spiralic mm -hmm. would be the best way for me to 
Um, started as a young, just definitely in, in childhood nature for me was like, I just felt akin to being a fairy in the garden. My mom was a gardener. And so we didn't have a large garden, but just learning the basics of gardening mm-hmm. helped connect me to nature in that way. But I was really, I loved every time we went out into nature, whether that was the ocean or a forest or camping, mm-hmm. it, I was always attracted to what is this sense that I can feel, but I can't necessarily put into words, wow. but it felt like the natural world was able to really express that so simply mm-hmm. or so um, beautifully. And so starting just with that curiosity and imagination as a child, I would, I would, um, I used to have this, I guess, kitchen and it was one of those, I, I feel like play school or something really like a, mm-hmm. a small kitchen yeah. as a young girl. And I would make my menu and I would make all these plant cakes and, and stuff made out of mud, flour, you know, and I just loved that creativity. And then as I got older, I saw that be infused into just whether it was making art or cooking, um, the senses were really important for me. Mm-hmm. And growing up in the nineties and early two thousands, there was a lot of, um, like I would say, Synthetic scents were really popular back in the day, especially with body mists and Victoria's Secret. There was a lot of that happening. And I would come home from school with migraines and I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. And my family didn't know why either because they were like, well, we're not sensitive to scents in that way. And But these girls would fill the locker rooms up and I would come home with a nice big headache. (laughs) And so I started understanding that there was a big difference between the triggers that would go on in my olfactory Mm -hmm. system at a young age, where I think most people were a little bit curious, like, why is she connected to her nose in this way? And that's where that, I guess, um, paying attention to the quality of oils, the quality of what, you know, Mm -hmm. the difference between what a real flower would smell like versus what something in a bottle would maybe smell like. So I had that. um, And then my very first job in high school was a florist. I I worked at a flower shop and it was such a beautiful experience, again, to work with the flowers and and of course the curatorial and, and really being able to see how much flowers are a language for us to be able to communicate, right? Um, trying to communicate love or if, if someone is feeling sorrow or grief, we can really connect to these emotions and with appreciation. And um, and so that gave me, I guess, that tangible attention to detail yeah. of flowers and the flower world. And I guess fast forward to my college days, I originally thought I was going to go study. I danced in um, growing up, and so I thought I was going to stay and go to New York and study. Cool. And I loved it, loved the art, loved the vibe. It was so inspiring. But there was something, possibly being from the West Coast, that I was really like missing my connection to nature and the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And living in that environment, I had realized, you know, it's so important for me to really. Um, go study the botanical world. Cause it was literally like my heart was just calling for it. Right. And I, and I didn't, I was kind of scared about that cause mm-hmm. it felt everything opposite, right. Than yeah. what you should be doing in the city. And, um, and yet it felt, it rang true. So I came back actually to California and I studied for a year, um, in the different biological sciences. And I also started looking into permaculture programs, just different resources. And I was introduced to the city of Portland in those days and it was just such a good fit they had a Mm -hmm. beautiful botanical um research program at portland state university and then permaculture was being you know um expressed and just 
you know, they were really like, it was like a studio or a lab. There were so many field labs right. happening at the time. So I could meet, you know, like-minded, um, just innovators and environmentalists. And growing up down here in Orange County and Long Beach, it was, um, there was a lot of focus more on marine biology, but I didn't notice that there was a lot on sustainability for, for within the cities. Like how can we rebuild our cities uh, yeah, with, a, right. with a mindset in that way? So right. yeah, that's kind of what, I guess, blossomed my path into, mm-hmm. into my study of botany that's cool. in college. Yes. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Portland. Like what a great city. Um, one of the best cities for being able to live very close to the city center yeah, also having access to like amazing hiking trails, really cool. And then also obviously they have so much um, greenery out there because of all the rain and uh, a lot of like medicinal mushrooms grow naturally up there, really, really beautiful place. Um, so that's really cool. And then, uh, yeah, I, one thing that's so interesting about smell, and I was kind of thinking about this when you had uh, sprayed the, the manifest mist around me, was how the tie, like memory and and scent are so closely linked, you know, and it's one of the strongest things actually, even like while I was in university, I would, um, I was reading that you can put a scent on and then when you go do it, like when you study for something, if you wear that scent and then when you take the test, you also wear that scent, it helps to like recall the memory better. What's going on Elementals? I wanted to take a quick moment from this amazing podcast episode with Kristen to mention that she has been so kind as to provide a 20% discount code off of everything at the Muse Apothecary store just for being an Elemental Evan listener. Yes, that includes everything from the amazing sanctuary candle to the manifest mist, which is literally Hawaii in a bottle. Every time I spritz it, it takes me right back to the island. And yes, I've been spraying it multiple times a day. You're absolutely going to love every single product she makes. They all smell so beautiful and so pure, like you are literally smelling the most rich flower possible uh, in its peak season. So if you would like to go ahead and purchase some of her products, feel free to use the code MUSERITUAL20. That's all caps and no spaces. So that's M-U-S-E. R-I-T-U-A-L-2-0. I will go ahead and post that in the show notes along with the link for Muse Apothecary. And trust me, you will not want to miss out on any of these products. Alrighty, back to the show. And then, okay, so that kind of was your interest in all of the, uh, you know, the getting into botany and all these different, you know, like environmental kind of forms of uh, cultivating plants and and all that, but what eventually led you to actually starting up like uh, the Muse Apothecary? And like you were saying, like as a kid, you would make these little mud pies, right? With the flowers in it. So, I mean, I guess you always had the skill in you, but um, what was it that really led you to taking that leap? Um, You know, especially because, you know, kind of, especially starting your own business is such a very like, scary thing to do sometimes, you know, and, uh, obviously it's your passion and you're incredible at it, but how did you take that leap? Because that's so much like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like you have so much guts to do that. Like really incredible. I applaud you on that, but I would love to hear more about how that, how this came to be. Thank you so much. Yes. I, it was definitely, um, you know, I would say the universe also was opening doors for me to walk through. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was actually running a full design agency and oh, we were whoa. focused mostly on marketing and design. Okay. And so 
that was like such a beautiful time in my life, but I was also working about 90 hours a week and Whoa. just, it was a lot. It was, yeah. um, and of course, you know, learning about the hormone system and how to balance that. It was something that really important of like, okay, you're going to burn out if you don't find a way to find a path to self care. Mm -hmm. And I would think of self care as this idea, but to embody that and to really say, okay, I need to set some boundaries here. Um, in order to establish that, that's what kind of took the work or more, maybe more of like the maturity in mm -hmm. me, right? Being a young, just um, trying to create a career in my upper 20s and was really so excited to be a part of these projects. And I, But then once I kind of got into my 30s, it was definitely a game changer of like, oh, you need to understand your hormonal balancing yeah. in order to sustain for any kind of growth, whether it's career or your own business. And so... Mm -hmm. I share this because it's really the foundation of my healing path. And that's what got me onto the journey of, of coming into Muse Apothecary and uh, then the flower essence therapy as well. Um, so I did around age 33, I experienced like a pure burnout wow. where I was sick. I was definitely um, having issues with sleep and, mm -hmm. and just stress, yes, right? Yes. Overall. Mm -hmm. And so you sometimes can't put that all into words mm -hmm. but I was definitely feeling like I was um like not able to sync up with my circadian rhythms and it was really difficult to find like who am I in this system especially back then it was digital marketing yeah. of where can you be human in this in this experience mm -hmm. and so as I started to um find self-care for me the bath was like a sanctuary it has always been a sanctuary for me and um it's always been one of my favorite things to do to decompress and find self-care. And so literally I was in the bath and I was like, this is where I get all my inspiration. This is where I get all of like my muses come to me, literally, cool. uh, figuratively, I maybe, but like, <laughs> and it was, and it was just like, you, like, you just channel your muses while you're in your bath and it's, mm. and that's your ritual. And, and so I started threading the story together and this was, um, I guess this is a good, Thing to know is that my media company like prior was Bon Muse so it had this the muses were already kind of um, something I had worked with right. and I know we could go down that channel yeah. forever <laughs> um, but but once I saw that I was like well maybe I can start doing um, just little meditations and by this time too I had already gone to like yoga school I did my hatha training oh, cool. and I was um, Definitely, I've always been into tea meditation and ritual. So I had mindful practices in place. And so I was, I think, just looking for another language that can really help encompass this. Mm -hmm. And and so I just started recording, whether it be like recipe ideas or wow. rituals okay. or um, they would just come. They would just like different uh, blends and mm -hmm. scents. And mm -hmm. so... And so I was just kind of open that up. And then all of a sudden with the media company, I started getting invitations to do wellness activations. And this was a little bit just before the whole self-care move, like boom. Mm -hmm. So um, I was doing these really small curated kind of influencer events that would be female based. Mm -hmm. And then they would do like a make and take. Mm -hmm. So I would show them how to make, I would do these bath rituals and add a crystal and I would guide a meditation. Cool. And lo and behold, like I would think we were done, events done. And then I would have people contact me and say, Hey, I want you to do this for my bachelorette or will you do this for my company? So it started growing in these little pods of experiences. 
And people started saying, I want to, you know, where can I get your bass? I want to buy some. And I was like, you know, no, joke's on me. Like, we're not <laughs> right, right. putting the product on. Right. And then eventually I um, had a local account in Long Beach. She was my very first account. And we were friends. And her name is Dana and uh, Prison Boutique. And she asked me to come do a pop-up. And then asked me if I would sell my my bath care Whoa. on her shelves. And she's like, just create your label. And I was like, okay, I will. Like, I'll try this. And so it was... The um, Christmas of like 2017 okay. was like my first real simple, just pop up mm-hmm. and then put some stuff up for a holiday. And then that was the, that was the inception. That was the beginning. That's amazing. <laughs> this yes. whole time you were talking, I was like, okay, this bath sounds amazing. I'm going to have to try that out. Um, yes. <laughs> but that is so, wow, that's really neat. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you just kind of followed you know, what your true passion was and things opened up naturally for it, you know, which is like so amazing. Like that's really, really cool. I feel like when you're in alignment with what it is you truly want in life and like you said, you're doing your meditations, tea ceremonies, things like that. And when you're really like, I feel personally like when you're connecting with the, you know, your true passion in life, things naturally kind of just start to line up, you know, and like manifest in crazy ways, which is really cool. Um, so that's like so amazing and like kudos to you for opening up this store you know and and uh also shout out to the person who first you know had you do the pop-up sorry dana did you say right yeah yeah that's so cool i mean yeah that that was like your little in and and now look how far you've come that's amazing (laughs) it's so exciting because you know it really does take a village and Mm -hmm. i believe that wholeheartedly um especially you know after the pandemic and and being in business today i'm just so grateful for um the community that really helps build each other up and we need right. each other to support each other especially when we're in these moments of where we don't know how to take that leap yeah and sometimes we're given these opportunities that are like take the leap like you can trust even if you're gonna fall from that right, <laughs> from that right. leap it's worth the you know the development that you get from that and right and i'm just so grateful that i did it was um it's been such an adventure yeah. yes yeah. and it's like of course entrepreneurship has its it, all its all its phases. Yes, yes. <laughs> but very grateful. Very yeah. Grateful. Well, I obviously you're consistent with what you do because consistency is key in everything. And so obviously you've you know you've showed up every day and you've made this happen, which is cool. Mm. Um, I have two questions for you. They're yes. both like in totally opposite directions. Um, the first one I would like to ask is so as far as these baths that you would do, like how did so you said like you would pair it with a crystal with a guided meditation. Um, what kind of like uh, botanicals were you putting in the water? Could you kind of like walk us through that? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So the very first blend was like my manifest Ooh, my God, formula, which is, that? yes, that sounds amazing. Yes. And so I loved, you know, my favorite floral to bathe in was tuberose oil. So okay. I, um, would always drop that in my bath mm. water and then I would do the Palo Santo smudging, you know, okay. cleansing ritual before that. Mm-hmm. And so having that paired together and layered, it mm-hmm. was just such a beautiful, experience that I was like well maybe that should be my first bath ritual that I offer and so um, another element that I would always add to the bath so I would draw the water Mm -hmm. and then I have a really beautiful piece of rose quartz that I would place in the water and I just needed that very gentle soothing loving space Mm -hmm. you know because bath time for me it wasn't like I could do that every night right which is like the ideal but for me to create space at least 
once a week Mm -hmm. would be ideal for me to have that self-care time. So I would treat it as a ceremony, as ritual. Um, Sundays were kind of my it day for that Mm because I could feel like a decompress. Mm -hmm. So I would, um, yeah, put the crystal and then I would place my oils Mm -hmm. in there. And then I normally would choose either petals or some kind of herbal um, or floral like tea and add to that. Mm -hmm. So it really had a multi-layered experience. And so when I would um, bring this and teach others how to make it, you know, it was, I could teach them how to assemble it and walk them through the process so that they could also try this at home, you know, and you can light your candles, you can get your favorite, you know, tea or beverage. It's a, um, what I do now for our, our readers for the Muse Journal is I always make a playlist that can help pair with some of the rituals too. So it can get you in the mood, you know, so I'm always thinking of new ways of how can you really take this time for yourself, you know, and it, and you get to curate your own spa time. Right. That was the biggest epiphany I had. It was like, not everyone can go to the spa all the time. And so if we can just bring that home, you know, that's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Well, I mean, that's another, that's a whole other topic too, which we definitely have to talk about, which is, rituals and the importance of them you know and and self-care and taking the time for self-care because i feel like so many people view well maybe not so many but definitely there's a group of people that view self-care as like almost like being selfish you know and it's like it's the absolute opposite like you have this one body that does so many amazing things to just like run it to the ground like how you said when you had your burnout you know it's like you're not showing it any love and it does so much for you. So like doing one day of self-care a week is like at the least you could do, right? You know, and, and then creating a ritual around it, which is like, you know, anything can really be a ritual. And actually, uh, shout out to Ashley for this, but she was saying, you know, it's like everything could be a ritual. It's rather just the intention that you put behind what it is that you're doing, right? And so I love the fact that all of your products pretty much say, you know, hand ritual, linen ritual. And uh, it's really kind of nice because even like washing your hands instead of just soap, it's like, oh, like, let me take this moment to think about like a little bit of love for the work my hands do or whatever. So um, I know I'm going on so many tangents here, but can you talk a little bit more about um, like why rituals and self-care are just so important to you. I mean, I know you said after your burnout, they were really what kind of brought you to the realization of it, right? Exactly. Yeah, you know, I think I look at ritual as an offering. Mm. And so we can see that culturally around the world and that can be expressed in different traditions and wisdom traditions. And then we just have these day-to-day rituals. And some people, you know, I would always wonder like, oh, some people are morning people, some people are evening and, um, and so I was always looking at to what, well, what do I really love at the end of the day? If I kind of don't listen to what other people are telling me to do, right. what is it something that like really nurtures me, you know? Mm-hmm. So taking that time, I loved like a quiet space, yes. creating a space where I could just, um, really be able to melt and relax the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And that was really important. Cause I think I ran, um, you know, so high during the day or during my regular work week that I was like, I needed something where I could, I would say yin out, mm-hmm. where I could just <laughs> really yes. just be able to immerse in that. And so I think really determining what kind of rituals you're calling in, help you then create a beautiful way to approach in a new cycle that you can approach your life, right? Because sometimes we need rituals that are like the ones where we wake up and what are you doing to invigorate the system? What are you doing to like exercise? Right. And, open the mind or open the heart, you know, mm-hmm. and what are ways that we need to wind down and, right. and get some quiet time. So 
depending on the day. I yeah. think rituals are so beautiful because they connect us to cycles. Mm-hmm. And I always tend to lean towards the natural cycles, yes. right? Which is sometimes difficult to match within our modern, you know, linear sense mm-hmm. of time. Right? Yeah. So that's where my, I think, um, I would say my teacher is found in nature. Mm. My teachers are the natural world, the botanical world. Um, it's, you know, even looking to our luminaries of the sun and moon and the stars, it really teaches us so much about patterns that give us so much more than, you know, expansiveness and um, perspective than what I can create in my own, you know, mind or self. So, yeah, kind of going on a tangent there. But it's like yeah. that, I would say, is the foundation of rituals, which should be something that you can really use as self-care mm-hmm. and to be really truthful to who you are. Yeah. You know, you don't need to manufacture it because I know that I have a product-based business that I, my goal is to influence this intention. Right, right. Right? Mm -hmm. So, but I want everybody to listen to their own voice and and be, you know, where can you take a moment to just be mindful for yourself and with your, you know, with your breath and and your connection. I mean, that's super important too. You know, um, we live our lives in such stressed states most Mm -hmm. of the time, you know, and you can see when someone is in their sympathetic state where they're like breathing all in their upper body, you know, and they're just, they look like a tight ball. And so many issues occur from us being overstressed because we never activate, well, we don't activate our parasympathetic state as much. And so taking a moment like a bath is such a good chance for you to like sink that breath into the belly, you know, and like actually just release and relax. And I think people miscalculate or don't understand the importance of taking a moment to just enjoy like the simple pleasures of the beautiful scent that you've placed in the bath or something like that. So really, really beautiful. Um, also, oh, I wanted to ask, um, so as far as the different scents you were placing in the bath, um, was there any specific reason aside from basically just like the beautiful smell and the ability of it to relax you that you were placing it in there? Or was there other purposes behind those? Or was that truly just like you love those scents so much that you're like, no, this is perfect. Yes. No, it definitely. There is a, um, it's, there's so much alchemy mm-hmm. that can take place, right? Especially yeah. when you are using um, elements from the botanical world mm-hmm. and integrating that into your own self-care, just like nutrition or culinary spaces. There's right. so much, you know, you can either create or design um, food for pleasure or for nutrition or both or, you know, there's there's so much layering. So when it comes to uh, creating botanical rituals, it was really, okay, what am I trying to call into? What is what feels like it needs support. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar to the yoga practice, right? right? When you're, right. when you're like, okay, you could have your, you know, your regular asanas, but then maybe some days you need to call in other poses or other postures. So it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I would listen to maybe what I needed. So did, was I sore from right. maybe like exercise and I need to do a little bit of that? Or am I just really, am I in a space where I need to connect to my, um, you know, womb space in my inner feminine and, mm-hmm. and feel like I can melt in that? Or yeah. does it feel like I just need um, pure, like enlivening and almost sinus relief? You yeah. know, there's there's so many That's, elements, yeah. right? So beneficial though for the sinus relief. Yeah. sense. That's, yeah, we could go on a lot on that. <laughs> but... I actually just made a new um, sinus relief. It's like, a, it's called Soothe. It's a new bath bomb I'm, I'm releasing. Actually today is like one of the first days for launch, but it's, That's yeah, amazing. it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because so 
for a while, it was really weird. I started getting seasonal allergies for like a couple of years and I did an episode on like how I overcame it. But one of the things, and I don't even think I've really mentioned it too much, but was um, peppermint and eucalyptus. Yeah. And I would definitely diffuse those a lot and just try to have them around me. And also like pressing on certain points on the face to try to relax the sinus area. But yeah, um, botanicals are huge in just clearing the pathway of the nasal passage and all that. So that sounds so amazing to have a bath with that. Um, are you using eucalyptus and peppermint in those bath bombs? Exactly. Yeah. So those okay, are cool. those yeah. are um, two. I also have thyme essential oil in there. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Lemon balm for soothing mm-hmm. and then frankincense for a grounding. So it's a really, um, yeah, beautiful blend. And then, of course, like... We need that. We need the uh, the body and our just the nasal system. It just wants to also to be. Um, we call it like an elimination, right? Mm-hmm. You have to empty, mm-hmm. and so it helps also with that process too, so right. that we can release those allergens. <laughs> That's. I mean, it's it's so necessary, especially um, you know with a lot of pollution as well in, in some of the cities and then obviously yeah like a lot of pollen during certain uh during the specific uh, like spring season you know um but I also I really quickly I wanted to ask you so you start you said you first had your pop your first pop-up in 2017 right yes and then okay so you're you were starting to establish your uh you know muse apothecary for a few years and then obviously COVID hit yeah how how was that? Because so you were doing a pop up and you had your stuff in a few like in a few storefronts, correct? But did you have to shift more online during that period in time? And like, did you see was was it more difficult to get the word out about your brand or how like how how did all that work? Like, how did you navigate this time? Yeah, good question. Um, so it definitely developed where fortunately when I did launch Muse, it was a time when social media was already like happening. I guess you could say it was a little bit before, um, the big rush of it. And so I was able to establish or create community around that Mm -hmm. and word like word of mouth. And then, um, but then once the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. I was fortunately already online and I had a partnership, um, reach out with me for hand soap. And so they, what they focused on was a botanical, like plant-based hand soaps. Okay. And, um, that was something I was looking to fulfill, but that I wasn't going to create in the apothecary or in my studio. It was a bigger, you know, product program. Essentially, okay. I was just looking for the right alignment mm-hmm. and yeah. partners to do that. And mm-hmm. fortunately, we have some amazing manufacturers here in, you know, Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. and just people who are really forward thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I came across um, just a really amazing group of developers and manufacturers. And so we were able to create a line of hand soaps. Oh wow! At that That's same cool. time, so that was. 2018 okay okay yeah. so about mm-hmm. a year later so we were already in development of that okay. and then yeah. i had someone reach out to me from Am- it was a like a, an affiliate of amazon okay. essentially um but he had used me as apothecary hand ritual oh, in cool. in an office like in a meeting like he went to wash his hands oh. and he looked at it and he loved the product and so and he reached out and he said hey i represent i work in the clean nerd like clean product category would you be interested we would love to have a botanical based soap in our lineup and it was just like really you know and i at first you know i wanted to um 
a lot of questions, a lot of um, figuring things out because that's kind of big going from a apothecary small batch mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. and then also being into fulfillment. So yeah. it was a kind of a, for me, I was like, okay, this is my um, maturity cycle into business. Like yeah. We are going yeah. to learn what this means and, and how do you figure that out? And so um, we were able to get, you know, I, I, we did a very specific catalog mm-hmm. with specific um, scents and we're trying it out. And so we had it launched on for about a year. So that was like, uh, I would say all of 2019, like, like maybe tail end 2018, 2019. Okay. And then 2020 hit and the pandemic hit. Right. And I ended up becoming, if you were a soap based brand, you became an essential business on Amazon because they needed soap distribution so badly to, to everyone. I mean, everyone needed. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm hmm. Oh, that's so true. Cause I remember right when the pandemic hit, it was actually, it was hand sanitizer. I was trying to look for, um, this one that was made with essential oils. I yes. could not get it. Could like, could not. Oh, that's, that's amazing. So almost like perfect timing really for you to like link up with that. That's crazy. It was, it was amazing. And I'm so fortunate. My, um, my bottles actually are made in California as well. Oh, wow. So I didn't have to worry about, um, vessel yeah. because also because of the hand sanitizer, need and boom everybody bought every like the misters the you know the pumps i mean it was so um Mm -hmm. difficult to source Mm -hmm. and fortunately i had stock in that and because i produce locally everything is made usa Mm -hmm. and it just transformed my company because it was i was able to have access that's amazing. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, we, in Long, in Long Beach, we have the port right, right. here. Yeah, so yeah. we can see all the cargo shit and like, totally you know, so, up. yeah, yeah. so it was something that you just never know. And, um, and so, yeah, I was really grateful and, and that's how it was able to grow. Wow. Yeah. So when, through Amazon, what was like the amount that you were creating? Like how much did, were, like how much were you jumping up in terms of like volume? Um, so that's a great question. So I guess one thing I do want to mention before is what I did is when I did, um, offer this program, I still kept my studio apothecary for my small batch products. So So I was still supplying. Yeah, we were still supplying locally and I still supply, um, across the States for my small batch products, Mm -hmm. but it's just, of course, those are at certain quantities. And so with the other program, those could scale, those were scalable Mm -hmm. and we could also like actually source that amount of product and Mm -hmm. doing that. So it grew, I mean, exponentially the demand was like completely different than what I had ever experienced. That's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, because when you can fulfill in a time of need, which Mm -hmm. is such an interesting little place to be in Mm -hmm. your whole focus of your business. I had all these other ideas going on and I thought we were, and then it just completely soap took you there. Yeah. Yeah. Just focus and to get those to as many, you know, people and businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was really great. We, we definitely felt that camaraderie of like, of like, all right, let's just all focus in and and see what happens. And then, yeah, now we're here, you know, 20, I feel like 2020 and 2021 are very like, like almost one year it's just a it's a time period in its own right yeah (laughs) um oh okay so you do you still make small bat like you hand make some small batch stuff though oh yes yeah yeah can you just kind of briefly walk me through like do you um i mean maybe maybe this is a dumb question but like do you actually harvest any of the plants yourself that you are using or like how do you source the plants and all that and then like how do you kind of make these and, and like actually specifically like what products do you hand make? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. wonderful good that's question amazing. like that's so cool i mean uh i sorry i like there's so much art in what you do and that's really like a beautiful thing it's almost like making wine or something right and so like to see someone who's actually like still producing that is really cool yeah, it was, you know, it's been really important for me to still touch the product. Okay. I'm a creative mm-hmm. being, you know, mm-hmm. I love, Obviously. Yeah. yeah, and I, I love, love um, like, I need that creative outlet. That was mm-hmm. something I really learned during, I guess, you know, through building my career that I still need to be a part of the action or a part of the artistry of making things, whether it was in production of content or if it was right. production into product. And so, but with product, especially I work with small local farms that I've oh, been sourcing cool. with for years. And, um, and so those were, I was able to build in those relationships okay. into then bringing it into the studio and crafting my own, whether it's rituals. So I still do all the candle making, the wow. candle pouring, um, it's, you know, it's such an art and to make plant-based or like really beautiful uh, candles, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It really does. And so you can get those manufactured, which is like a whole nother opportunity. But for the studio, I just noticed that there was people love their candle ritual. And especially after like during and after pandemic, I think it, it resonates on a much like even a deeper frequency for people because being home and knowing that you could light your candles and scent the room and and allow yourself to get into that space, it gives you a connection to home. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my favorite scents that we have is called Sanctuary. And that's one of my most popular candles. And I think it's because it gives you that, that, you know, almost that deeper connection to the home that, Mm -hmm. um, that either can feel meditative or you almost can feel spiritual. You know, there's a level of, of, of that, of that tending. So it's, um, yeah, it's beautiful to still be hands on in that way yeah. i still do all the botanical perfumery wow so we hand fragrance of all, yeah. yeah yeah so it's you know there's there's it's exciting times mm-hmm. that's what it, yeah that's definitely. so amazing though that you're like i love how you said that though you you'd love to still like be hands-on and like have a part in that um also really quickly what what is the scent of the sanctuary candle Oh, so this is, um, so it's a really beautiful enoki. It's a Japanese cypress mm. oil that's like just so grounding. Then in Japanese culture, they use it in bath ritual and in the, oh, wow. um, and, and even their building of temples. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I haven't actually like been able to travel to that part of Japan, but I can't wait to, you know, to really be able yeah. to partake. So, that's but that cool. was, um, an oil I wanted to bring in just having that cypress. Cause I feel it just, it allows you to feel at home mm-hmm. kind of in many in versatile like spaces. Yeah. So thinking of something, okay, how do you set a space that could be considered home and special, but also could be in multiple, you know, whether it's a cabin or mm-hmm. if it's a, you know, a bungalow at the beach or in a yoga studio, you know, kind of thinking about how does a uh, scent uh, play with these spaces. Okay. So that's something I put in when I'm thinking of blending. Mm-hmm. Um, the other notes I have are sandalwood, which is just such a beautiful base note for the cypress and really um, like in tea ceremony you can have sandalwood incense and so that really grounding beautiful almost sweet essence can carry the cypress and that tree and give it you know I always say it's like you're opening up into the forest or you're really allowing that grounding to take place but then you can take a like a deep breath and you know um, do that so that's some of the layering and then I added the holy basil the Tulsi which is Ayurvedic um, herb and I brought that to bring in a level of uh, concentration mindfulness also a level of purification because yes. after going through this pandemic I feel we have just an awareness that yes 
things are physical and there's germs and there's so many things, um, bacteria. Right, right. But there's also energetic frequencies that we're also having to, you know, diffuse oils or that we yeah. want to be able to cleanse spaces. Mm-hmm. So these are all the things I kind of put together while designing the scent. That's amazing. Yeah. I was, because I was going to ask you, I was like, how, what, what's your inspiration for creating these different scents? Like if they just naturally come to you, but oh my God, that's so beautiful too. Yeah. Like not all, okay. How you said like the, um, the germ portion, but then also the energy portion, because that's something that is so almost like tangible that you can see with people today where it's like, people are still kind of working through this process of like being comfortable in like a close space with people, you know, and like the, um, social anxiety is like, seriously, it's so tangible and you can see it a lot. And that's actually something, um, in a, obviously a safe manner. I try to like definitely kind of break that boundary because it's like, we're a community, you know, and like, we have to like understand that, like, it takes a tribe, right? It takes a community. Like you have to, you have to have personal connection with people, you know, and, um, you're doing that through your work. So Mm -hmm. that's so beautiful. That's amazing. Um, but even still, so like do the scents and the pairings kind of just come to you or like what inspiration do you draw on for those? Yeah. I, I really think, you know, I really think of the space that I'm designing for. So there's, I get a lot of inspiration, you know, in different ways, but then when I go into product design, it essentially, then you start coming down to like, um, certain pillars that mm-hmm. you're trying to either invoke or experience right. in that kind of way. So I go through set in a similar way of exploration and also, you know, thinking of what are my intentions? What do I want to feel in this space? What is, you know, what are some of the memories that I, oh. you know, can invoke, mm-hmm. um, while feeling, you know, these things. So. For example, I was creating a scent for Valentine's, mm-hmm. and um, it's called a more mythos. Nice. And I wanted something that was a little bit more gourmand, a little bit more like had that spicy but sweet savory, mm-hmm. and and a little bit more palate driven. Where some of my other uh, rituals, and especially in the candle lines, was you know I sanctuary or uh, peace ceremony, they were a little bit more grounding and meditative. Okay. So I wanted a more mythos to be something. Well, what would be a pleasure ritual that right. could like be invoked and right. um and so that was so much fun because then all of a sudden yeah. I I felt like I was opening the picnic basket of like of so many options you know I could yeah. then explore different fruit notes and different flower oh, notes yeah. and um spicy notes so I did a I did a, a cardamom miel uh so it kind of gave like a honey um texture almost with this like uh like a warming sense to cardamom which can get really spicy yeah. And mm-hmm. so being able to layer that, and then I used um, current, black current, which gives it almost like a full bodied, like uh, I compared it with wine, like kind of like this, like um, mm-hmm. wine notes. And so it was beautiful to be able to see how much you could play. Yeah. And I was using these notes because it was like, oh, other people's like the senses could really be open in different ways. Right. Like almost could you taste this or could you, you know, feel this in this way. So that's amazing. Yeah. It's like, um, like a aphrodisiac for the scent, right? Exactly. Arousal. Arousal. Yeah. So that's exactly what you're doing, especially in, in a lot of perfumery. There's so many ways that perfumery and the world is, is large of that world, but there is that level of arousal that is so, um, beautiful to look at because I would say like all chefs and every, you know, barista out there Mm -hmm. and baker are Mm -hmm. trying to create a level of arousal with the, you know, with the palate or with the senses. So when you do that in the olfactory, 
it's such a like a mysterium in the olfactory, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I know like in yogic training, there's a uh, 72,000 nerve endings within the nadis, within the um, our energetic wow. and nervous system. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know so that. when you are uh, looking at those channels, energetic yeah. channels as well, you also, we have that as just as many connections through the olfactory because mm-hmm. the olfactory has to be able to uh, protect and also be in tune with each of those right. channels. Right. So the layering, like it's almost like the multiverse that comes through the olfactory is... Mm-hmm is infinite yeah in that way that's so cool actually so tying it into yoga i've seen for example scents that are tied with the different chakras so um you know is it is it that they actually do maybe have a nerve connection or something or where it's like you know smelling something that would be for the root chakra that like would help open it or maybe or maybe a heart chakra you know to make you feel more like joy or happiness or love or something like um do you know anything about the pairings with that or like yeah i mean there's definitely pairings okay so whether or not you know again everybody's nose is unique to their own right so what i smell as grounding to my root chakra might be completely different to your um interesting grounding mm-hmm. however there is some there's definitely a lot of elemental connections that we can make within this. So there are pairings that you can do, you know, so if you're trying to find grounding, rooting in this way, is mm-hmm. there wood notes that could feel really grounding? Gotcha. You know, there's okay. definitely some um, other essences in the plant world that can also do that as well. Mm-hmm. So you could, that's what's interesting because then this can, this bridges a little bit into flower um, essence work where you're really studying the plant and the botanical and how it grows mm-hmm. in order to inform the benefits that it can treat for the human or whoever you're trying to, um, you know, create the experience for. Right. Yeah. So, so there are those, you know, yeah, that's so cool. Okay. And then with flower essence, um, for a lot of our listeners who maybe don't know, can you kind of explain like what that entails, like fly flower essence and then also, um, flower essence therapy, right? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's such a beautiful world of um, exploration first is what I'll say. And so there is a deep history with it as mm-hmm. well. Um, so pretty much flower essences are considered like vibratory or vibrational medicines wow. that are helping to bring healing through. If we look at the botanical world, they have a vibration. They carry an essence. Right. And when I say essence, it doesn't just mean scent. Okay. So... The difference between essential oils and a flower essence, essential oils are, there's different ways to extract oils from a plant. So you you use those methods to create an oil, essentially. Okay. There's different varietals, but we'll just go with the essential oils is a concentration of that oil material Mm. inside an oil, which has benefits. It also can capture the scent. And, um, you know, depending if, for example, if you have cooking oils and these kind of things, you know, olive oil, you have all of that, you have other purposes for oils. Right. But when you have like eucalyptus, lavender, rose, these essences, they're creating, they're just either diffusing them or they're, um, distilling them down. Okay. There's other, there's other small batch practices, which we can talk about, um, that they use for flowers to extract oils, but they're capturing that whether through steam or oil into a bottle. Okay. okay. The flower essence is the, you're capturing the essence the spirit or the deva of what? the plant flower. Oh, yes. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah. whoa. So the intention is everything, is key for this process. Whoa. Not saying the other process isn't intention-based, but there's a different focus mm-hmm. um, of intention. 
The other note that I do want to uh, make clear is that you also will see herbal tinctures like in the health markets offered. So tinctures are different as well as flower essences. And I'll make that distinction as we keep talking. Just um, for example, say if you get a, um, what's a good uh, tincture that, um, like motherwort or something that you would be able to get in a tincture. You're normally treating physical symptoms Mm-hmm. with tinctures right. not always um so just saying i'm not a doctor here i'm not trying to you know like right but yeah, we're yeah. but that's what you normally are going into where mm-hmm. you're like okay i'm having headaches i'm having stomach aches what am i trying to balance mm-hmm. and you'll talk to the herbalist and and they'll find you a tincture and tincture will be um, mostly alcohol based correct yeah right mm-hmm. and that's to preserve the um the properties, healing properties within right. it mm-hmm. and and so they're stronger mm-hmm. like when you taste them mm-hmm. um but you can dilute them in water mm-hmm. and so there there's that world so it's like <laughs> we yeah. have the essential oils we have tincture herbalism world the flower essence world is you're capturing the essence which then is solarized in water so you are it's a different practice i guess you could say of harvesting okay and then it also the intention is you do take it sublingually right um but the majority of it is actually water-based now you said solarized into yes. water, meaning so you solarize the essence. So first you would harvest the eth- the essence, and mm-hmm. I can describe like what you know. Um, I can go through you know a process what yeah, that would, I would look love like. To hear it. Yeah. So say if I was wanting to um, like I'm growing white sage in my garden. Okay. And white sage is a native California plant here, and it's used for as a protection essence in flower essence therapy. Um, it also can be used as for grounding. And, and also a level of detox, mm-hmm. um, but you wouldn't, you're not doing it say if, oh, I want to detox and like lose a lot of weight or something like that. It's more of an energetic of, okay, where is the emotional connection mm-hmm. to this energetic that you're wanting to either work with right. or build a foundation in or heal. So oh, you're kind wow. of, you're, you're entering this with a more holistic, um, perspective, right? right? So the difference also is that with flower essences, you are really, the conversation is first with the emotional health and well-being. So that kind of gives you the protocol of what you're calling in to use as a practitioner or therapist. Um, so I guess going back to the white sage, if I was going to harvest um, in about a week or so, the sage blossoms will start blossoming again. And they're yeah. these little white blossoms on the on the sagebrush. And so normally we'll see the leaves are harvested for smudging wands and right. these kind of elements, which again, protection. So you can see how right. different properties can be used. Right. But in the blossoms themselves, um, you could really, they're so beautiful when you look at them and you see all the bees are buzzing around them mm-hmm. and pollinating. And so in the morning, I really love to harvest where you can see the dew on the flowers. Okay. And there is where you sit with the plant and you just listen to like, what is your medicine? And what are you offering and what is it that, um, you know, you would like me to collect at this time? So there is like an intention of invitation, of deeper listening and connection. And as the practitioner, it's so important to know, you know, know Mm -hmm. thyself and know thy medicine. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to develop um, another level of sensitivity to listening to the plants. Right. Right. So training in flower essence therapy, you first are really training in the foundations of alchemy. Mm hmm. And then you grow into then understand how you could facilitate in, in into space and working with people and clients and and these kind of things. So it's a that's beautiful, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, like what's so cool is so in my health journey, 
I was like more skeptical, like, or no, not skeptical. I would say more like, oh, I need to see like scientific facts and blah, 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 all that. And so uh, I've realized like, no, dude, there, there's so much more to plants and, and the food that you're eating and all this. And like, but one way that was explained to me that was really well is, you know, uh, plants have information, right? And at first, like I said, at that time, it was like, well, what do you mean? Like they have information. It's like when you eat a plant or a food or something, it's doing something inside of your body. It truly has information that your body is breaking down and assimilating to be a part of you. So you are connecting to that and speaking with that, you know, and then aside from even that, you have water, which obviously plants are composed of a majority water and that holds information, right? And that holds memory and all these different things that, you know, truly your presence, your emotions, your intentions are all going to affect that as well. So this is amazing. I'd actually, I did not know that that was what all, um, this all entailed the essence of, of these plants, you know, that's so amazing. So, wow, that's incredible. This is like a whole other side of, you know, cause I, I think I do definitely focus a lot on, like you said, like the tincture form. Cause, um, I'm very into like functional mushroom, shaga, uh, reishi, and, you know, typically they'll come either powder or a tincture form, right? And that is a very specific, like, okay, I'm trying to get, you know, the beta-glucans from it or something, but this is so interesting to, like, look at the perspective of, like, the energetic part of it, and, sorry, I'm going on a rant here, but, you know, energetically for myself, meditation is what really has helped me with that, because I wouldn't say I'm a person who focused a lot on energy, you know, or, or just the energy that we carry, but through meditating and trying to just bring your awareness to the present moment and really focusing on like touch sensation, you know, and all that, it's really, um, opened my eyes to a lot of that. And actually I was sharing with our friends earlier, um, that I, it's been like almost about a week or two hiatus of meditating. And so I've been very kind of like hard to drop into meditations. And today, I was like, I need to meditate for this. You know, I was like, I really need to be in a good headspace for this conversation. And so I said, I'm, I'm going to meditate until I drop in and drop into like myself, right? Mm. Like where I can really feel present in the moment, but also clear my mind of the thoughts. And so it was one of those days where my mind was like thinking of everything it could possibly think about, like, Hey, are you going to eat that chicken later today? Better get out of the freezer so it can defrost. Like just random stuff. And then, um, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes into my meditation, I kept bringing my attention back to the present. I kept trying to focus on specific body parts and try to like feel that place and then the space around it. And I remember my mind trailed off and I brought it back. And then it was like right when I did that like fog clearing kind of like all the thoughts just dissipated. I didn't even have to try. They just calmed. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, not like a physical wall, but you know, something lifted and all of a sudden, like my awareness and attention was like, boom in the body. And that's like, for me, that's like dropping in, right. Where you just drop into the present moment, but also like your body and your aware, like your awareness, your soul, whatever you want to call it, you know, and oh my God, it felt so good. I was like, finally everything calm. And I was like in the present moment. And then it's like that moment where you start almost feeling like, like uh, super light, you know, like your body is almost like it's there, but it's also kind of like, it's, I don't know, like you're not detached, but like, you know, you like, I don't know. It's an interesting feeling, but anyways, I don't know. I was going on a long tangent, but yeah, this whole portion of 
really working with plant um, essence, you know, and the energy that they provide and the information that they provide is huge. And it's really cool for me now to like have a little bit more of a connection with my personal energy. And now like I'm definitely going to be purchasing some of these products mm -hmm. and then see kind of the effects that it has on my energy. And also like you have a beautiful energy. So I'm sure that your products are going to represent that very well. But oh, yeah, thank you so much. That was a really long winded, like this but I was just thinking about, it. I was like, Oh, that's really neat. Yeah. No, I love that you shared too. It's, it's so interesting how, um, yeah, being able to drop in. And so that's something that especially working, you know, flower essence therapy is a subtle therapy. It's not like take this and everything yes. is right. It's mm -hmm. something that you, um, we work with it's in, it's called tracking. And so when you get a remedy or a formula made specifically for what you're wanting to work on, you track, you know, that remedy or formula and, um, we do it kind of month to month basis so that the first month, you know, what the first formula you're working with and you're able to really track. And so this is to help oh. call you back into your embodiment because a lot of times we disassociate, especially with emotions, right? Mm. They get stored, you know, between the diaphragm, the solar plexus, and we can yes. keep creating a bigger bar barrier. Mm -hmm. And so it's harder for us to really, you know, trust to go into that space, you know, where our whole cellular system is meant to like, no, don't go there. Don't go there. Right. So the flower essences help to soften those spaces where we used to be so rigid mm. and you can just find that relaxation and, and yet you're not having to use the mind to get there. You get supported with the flower essences and you're also able to then build in self-care. You know, it's a, it's a process. It's not like this happens. The healing path is spiralic. And, yeah. and, um, but they say, you know, one of the wisdom traditions that roots us when we're working with the plant world or the botanical world, um, even I think in shamanism, they explore this, but it's really that first detachment that we have from our mother or from earth, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's considered that, that deep connection. Mm -hmm. Once that, um, detachment happens, that's our first impression of like, of what it means to really like, whether it's traumatic or wounding or any kind of separation, mm. those feelings of not oneness. Right. It's, yes. So when we're working into that plane, sometimes we have to call back that memory of, Oh no, we are connected. We are meant to be here on earth. We right. are one with each other. And, and, it's you know, I think going through this, even if we look at the health uh, the present moment of the world and mm -hmm. what we just went through. It was so much about consciousness of where are you in your body? Where, how are you locating yourself? Cause as everything is changing, right. how can you support yourself to still feel grounded, you know? And so, so yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking right now how you were saying, like you were living in New York and for a while I was living in an apartment that was on, I was on the fourth floor. It was actually, it was the top floor, but, um, that was the first time I ever lived in a apartment building that I wasn't on the first floor. Basically. Okay. And I remember just thinking one day, like, when's the last time that my feet have touched the ground? Cause I was very used to walking outside barefoot, you know, if I had a little patio space or a backyard or something and it's like, boom, like your feet are touching the earth. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, grounding is a whole other topic, which you absolutely should ground, you know, and get your feet connected to the earth. But I'm also thinking like, how beautiful is it to have these flower essences that can be grounding, but also just connect us back to nature when you're living in like an apartment or a middle of a city, you know, and, and you're somewhat removed from that and being able to just like tap into it, you know, and get like a little bit of that connection. That's really neat. Yes. Yeah. So cool. 
Yeah, it's so beautiful. And it's, um, you know, these, it's also beautiful to know the people who, um, you know, before us were able to these like tradition and like wisdom keepers and herbalists and um, Bach, Dr. Bach, which he was originally from England in the 1800s. Okay. He's the one who really formulized flower essences as oh, a therapy wow. and was treating because he noticed a lot of the physiological ailments that he was seeing in his patients were actually based in in the emotions mm. that's like what was being expressed and so he was he really uh, was able to work with um i think at the time he was living in the city had like a beautiful practice and clinic right. and then but he was feeling called to work with the flowers and was like i'm gonna go out to the countryside he ended up getting like a home and just did deep research botanical research for the rest of his life and he developed the bach like flower essences and that was you know some of the first times that people were seeing like oh not just these medicines that they're making you know 1800s so we're def definitely talking about different quality of medicines right. Right, that right. he was like, we can actually access through subtler therapies, wow. and it rings so true, because when we look at even um, the production, let's say, for, of medicines mm -hmm. and the sustainability, flower essences are their vibration. The reason why you do it in solarized water mm -hmm. is that you can actually increase that essence by the sun for three hours. You charge water is, you know, of course, like so absorbs everything. And we know the frequency of water, right? Right, and right. Doctor, um, oh my goodness, um, Japanese doctor. Oh, his name just flew out of my, with the, the, with the crystalline with the, yes. structures, right? Affirmation, mm -hmm. energy. So yeah. um, I know it starts with an M. Yeah, I, I, I told, like. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> not going to get it, but I, he's the one who would flash freeze the water and yeah. see the crystal formations, right? Out of like river water compared to like city water or vice versa right or like saying something to the water as well right? exactly yeah. yeah they would play music for so sound amazing. vibration so um it's very similar in that way in the essences you can actually ingest them mm -hmm. and so it's like it's simple to harvest also and so it doesn't take as much right, right? we don't need to put you know let's say like rose oil it takes about like i think it's like um it's a lot it's, it's a lot of petals almost like a ton right. of petals just right. to be able to produce you know enough rose oil to be in production so that's crazy so it's beautiful to see that these essences can also work in in other ways and, mm -hmm. and really be sustainable yeah you know yeah do you ever um is there any form of also like harvesting or doing anything under like full moons or anything of that nature i know um our common friend uh, francisco was talking about a tea that they would harvest um i believe in taiwan under a specific moon, like a full moon, and yes. because the temperature would be different, because obviously the rays of the sun reflecting off the moon, and then would like start a form of fer fermentation on the plant on the tea leaves, so that when they were harvested on that specific night, it's like a flavor that you you know you, you can't get in any other tea, you know. And, and so, uh, do you do you do anything like that or? The yeah. Yeah. There's okay. definitely. So I I am very um yes cyclical with like natural rhythms. So mm -hmm. paying attention to the moon cycles really important. Mm -hmm. Um especially because certain cycles are meant for harvesting mm -hmm. versus you know times of release. And so it's important to know the energetics because you don't necessarily want to harvest. Um, for example, this is a great example. On full moons, it's generally not recommended to harvest when you're or making medicine because that's a time of release and when you're oh. you're letting go in order to bring in new beginnings right, right, so right. depending on you know what you're also doing it for there's you know there's mm -hmm. to each their own we we have medicine in each cycle right but 
it's important to know what you're doing, I guess, mm-hmm. to be informed as much as you can to know what you're harvesting, what, you know, what is safe, where is the location, asking right. permission. Right. Um, yeah. Yes, there's the a, permission as well from the plant, right? Is key. Yeah. 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 There's this, it's nice because it puts you back into right relations, right. you know, with other, mm-hmm. and it helps you, you know, it's so symbolic. It's just how we approach even going outside our door, greeting mm-hmm. the sun or greeting mm-hmm. um, each other. There's, it's it's a similar intention of practice, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. so I think it's important to know what you are, um, you know. I think these words, ritual and ceremony, can be used a lot, mm-hmm. and and um, but there is a real essence of learning how to be in right relationship, mm-hmm. in harmony mm-hmm. with other. So, right. and that other can be either in human form and plant allies, right. animal friends. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so amazing. And then also the, like the release, like you said, on the full moon, that's so beautiful. Like the, the correlation of it, you know, and it's, yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then like harvesting on the new moon, cause that's all about really coming into supporting your intentions and what is it that you're wanting to manifest or, oh. or call into your life or grow. Right. And so the cycles of the moon, you know, as the moon is waxing, getting fuller, mm-hmm. this is the cycle, the energetic that we get to follow as well and then when it's the full moon celebrate release you know or it's either a time when the when the moon is reflecting well what does need to be released because sometimes we can't see that you know um like these past few years a lot of this cycle work that we've all been doing is releasing old paradigms and shifting consciousness and it's really hard to do that and to be aware of that so sometimes we need that polarity of the moon to reflect hey like these are maybe some things that you're willing to let go of or or even are you willing to let go of right right so it's a beautiful way to use that our natural world again to help us yeah (laughs) yeah i know and tapping into the the cycles of the world or and, and nature are so important um there was a like there was a study done where they so you have erectile tissue in your nose and if you notice like part-time throughout the day like one nostril will be a little bit closed right another one is like freely breathing that's because that side of the nose has more it's engorged with blood and so they were doing a study to find out um if it has anything to do with like moon cycles and stuff like that and so around the world uh during a full moon so like at a specific time at each point around the world they had a little monitor on the nostril and so like on your your left nostril is um what would activate your parasympathetic state yes yeah and then you know the the noddies right as well um and so anyways they wanted to see if like there was a correlation with it and so at this specific time where the full moon was going around every single person that they like tracked like that side of the nose the left side engorge on every single person and so it's like our bodies are already naturally in sync it's just more so i think maybe we've lost a little bit of connection with that like as a society obviously there's people like you who are still really connected and and connecting you know and so super interesting though you know yeah Yeah, it's a practice you know and Mm -hmm. i think it's um something i actually learned in tea ritual tea ceremony was really beautiful is that the tea leaf grows because it wants to experience like what it's like to be human because there's no other animal or species that is ingesting mm-hmm. tea in the way that humans do. And so it travels through water, right? Yeah. So it's, 
And it's really beautiful because we're mostly made of water. Right. And so it's very similar to the flower essence um, as well. It's, mm-hmm. It wants to be able to have that human experience. And mm-hmm. the only way that it can experience that is through intention with in relationship with human, right? And so it's like so beautiful that we actually get to be these conduits or channels for this language, right? Mind yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and it's so beautiful because then we'll see the patterns, right? You'll like just like with the tracking, what they're doing, or one of the most beautiful tracking systems we have are women's menstrual cycles mm-hmm. um, and tracking it along the moon and, and how connected we are. It's so glorious to mm-hmm. know, oh, wow, I can actually track my phases as well. Like I have just as much of, I have phases like the moon and we see the moon every night, you mm-hmm. know? So it's a beautiful, um, I think... Yeah, I think the pra- it's a practice. Yeah, it's such sure. a beautiful way. Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, man. Okay, we can talk forever, and we will <laughs> uh, probably have more podcasts in the future. Um, but is there any ending points that you want to use to wrap this up, or um, just any anything you want to share? Or if you don't have anything to share as well, um, what is the best way for people to stay in touch with you, with Muse Apothecary? How can they find Muse Apothecary? Obviously, I will put everything in the show notes. So whatever you share, um, feel free. Oh, thank you so much. Well, yeah, I just want to extend my gratitude and for sharing your podcast with your community. So grateful to be able to introduce Muse Apothecary to each of you. And um, yeah, I'm easy to find on Instagram at Muse Apothecary. And my website will be in the show notes. It's yes. at musebath.com. And yeah, if you have any questions or interest in, I have the flower essence therapy offerings available on the site. Beautiful. And then of course, all the product offerings as well. So, so and then Sorry. those... Um, essence therapies would be actually sorry i'm gonna keep this going yeah, yeah. Uh, can you walk us through kind of just really quickly like what that would entail like uh, a therapy like that yeah so mm-hmm. it's a it's a one-on-one okay um i do offer sometimes events and workshops which are separate um kind of flower med- guided meditation offerings Beautiful. but when we work on one-on-one it's um three months commitment just so that we can really measure you know the yes. and track yes. what you're trying to work mm-hmm. on and so um the intakes are 90 minutes and so you have a session each month for that mm-hmm. and I create your remedy for you and you take that, we track it mm-hmm. and then we see, we walk you through that and see what ends up transforming. And it's just, it's so beautiful, the, yes. the work that unfolds. And I'm always just so grateful to be a part of anyone's healing journey, you yeah. know? So that's amazing though. And, and I love to hear that you said, you know, the three months, this is not just a one-time meeting because this is a, a consistent thing here, you know, and, and you're, you're finding, you're maybe tweaking and finding the right things. So that's super amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. I love to hear that. That's really cool. You know, it's so important when you're, when we're meeting, you know, someone or working with someone, right? Either mm-hmm. you first are, you're getting to know each other, but you first also, your system is right. also getting to know itself in a new way, in a new language. So it's important to kind of ground and stabilize the system. And then you get to work a little bit more deeper into the areas that are being called for, you know? So yeah, it's really special. It's a special process. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So yes, uh, Instagram, the website, I'll have that up. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for, for being here, sharing with the audience and with me, honestly, this is, uh, just mainly a treat for myself, actually. Uh, this has been a beautiful conversation, and I really appreciate that. Thank yeah. you, likewise. Thank you so much, Evan. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you guys already know the motto, do everything with good intentions and connect to your elements and connect to the essence of 
plants, right? And connect to nature. So um, thank you all very much for listening and I'll see you next week. Peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.